You're listening to a message from Third Church in Richmond, Virginia, where we believe we are called together for the renewal of all things through Jesus Christ. To learn more about Third or how you can get involved with our community, please check out our website, thirdrva.org. That's T-H-I-R-D-R-V-A dot org. Thanks for listening. Everlasting God, we do indeed put our hope in you and in you alone. You have revealed your great love to us through Jesus, and you have revealed your son, Jesus Christ, to us through your word. So we pray now that you would open the word of God to us as we reflect on it this morning, that we would be those who do not just listen and walk away unchanged, but that we would respond to your voice of grace in your scriptures with obedience and love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please have a seat. Good morning. So good to see you, church family. Really happy to see you. That was an awesome time down in the fellowship hall. I hope that you are... Your belly is full and your heart is happy and you've made some new friends. Would you just turn to the person next to you and say, I'm just so happy you're here today. (laughs) I would say about 90% of you really actually do look happy. And we're so happy about that. Um, I'm Corey. I'm the senior pastor here at Third and really grateful to welcome you. I see lots and lots of people that I know. And then some folks that I haven't seen before, and so we're welcoming you as well, and those of you who are joining us online. Um, This is sort of our fall rally day, kickoff day. We've done this many, many times before, but there's a few things, really two in particular, about this year and this particular fall kickoff that makes this different, unlike any fall kickoff we've ever had before. Uh, The first reason why it's different than any fall kickoff we've had is because of what is behind us. Uh, And you can probably guess what that is. And it's actually not even fully behind us. We know the pandemic is not fully over, but we have vaccines and boosters and enough mitigation factors to really have the first semi-normal fall that we've had in over two years. Um, the, The last two years have just had an enormous collective impact. I have an impact on you in really unique ways to your own life and your family. And they've also had a really big collective impact on the life of Our church, in fact, every church, I have lots of pastor friends, every church that I know, in some sense, is in a state of rebuilding right now after two years of COVID impact. And so we have fallen out of our rhythms and habits of worship and serving and giving and the patterns of life that we have together have been disrupted. And we're all, in some ways, relearning how to do and be the church together again. So that's the first thing that makes this a unique fall kickoff is everything that is behind us, okay? But the second thing that makes this a really unique fall kickoff is everything that is ahead of us, all the things that are ahead of us. For those of you who may be visiting or somewhat new to third, I gotta tell you that in just a few months' time, we are about to launch on a remarkable and unusual adventure together. Um, And let me just give you a little background. So about 10 years ago, Uh, we realized we needed to do something about this church building that we're in here on Forest Avenue. After years of patching things together and just getting by, our elders determined that the building had gotten to the point where it was truly inhibiting uh, the ministry and the mission of this church. Let me be clear, this building has just been an incredible gift to our church family for over six and a half decades. But it was built in a different time, for a different place, for a different size congregation, with very different safety standards, Some of you haven't been here for very long. Um, Those of you who have kind of know what I'm talking about, you have 
encountered the challenges of this facility, even if you haven't been around very long, you may have even just like gone to the wrong entrance or gotten you know, confused in the hallway or found yourself in a small bathroom or elevator that feels like a 1970s horror movie. Um, and if that's the case, I'm, su- I'm really sorry. Um, we love this old building, but it is truly holding us back and requiring increasing amounts of funding to patch its infrastructure. Our HVAC and electrical system is failing. Our hallways are cramped. Our code for disability and fire codes are out of date. Uh, we're doing our best we can to provide safe places for our children, but we do recognize that their classrooms do not meet the safety standards of today. Our students don't have appropriate space. They literally meet in the hallway. We have no central gathering space where people can linger and mingle. So yes, we love this building, and we love it so much that two years ago, we launched the Renew Campaign with the motto, Renewing Our Home to Renew Our Mission. And we're doing this complete overhaul of the whole building um, from inside out, from top to bottom, bottom to top. If you want to see the details of it, we actually have all the diagrams of the renovation down in the Fellowship Hall. You can go down after the service and see it. But I really want you to note that statement. We said renewing our home. Yes, we are renewing our home. Um, but we're doing it in order to renew the mission. Third is not, emphatically not, this church building. We're not. And yet, we've used this building as our base camp for over 65 years to carry out the mission of the gospel that God has given us, and we want to make sure that we can steward this space, that we can continue that mission for many decades to come. So, after a whole lot, I mean, I'm talking like 10 years of planning and thought and prayer, we launched this Renew campaign in January of 2020. What great timing. And man, what a ride it's been. (laughs) But y'all, look, can you believe what's happened? I mean, after, despite the incredible disruptions of the pandemic and just everything that you can imagine, you know, the pandemic or recession, inflation, and all the other crazy setbacks that happened, here we are, the fall of 2022. We have the vision. We have the plans. We have over $12.5 million committed to this. And now in just a few short months, we're going to pack up and leave this place and move to the mall. (laughs) Yes, you heard me right. We are (laughs) moving to the mall. To be precise, the former Forever 21 space at Regency Square Mall, where you bought your flare leg jeans and sequence tops when you were 17. Yes, that's where we're going. Two amazing floors of 45,000 square feet, actually slightly larger than our current church building. Um, already it's being built out to accommodate our church as well as the Christian Arabic church. We'll be moving over there with us. Uh, we, our first service there will be January 8th, and we will be there for 18 to 24 months. It is going to be remarkable. It will stretch us. Oh my goodness, it will stretch us to do things differently than we've ever done them before. The way we come to church, the way we congregate for worship, the way we gather for classes and ministries, the way we give and serve. Not only that, it will stretch us to be open to all kinds of new people. They have just built 300 units, apartments. They're halfway full, hundreds and hundreds of new neighbors in a new context in a far more diverse environment surrounded by people that probably would never show up in Tuckahoe on Forest Avenue here on a Sunday morning. And so it's just vital. I just want to appeal to you, church family, that we see this season away from our building at the mall not as this 
waiting period. We're just going to grit our teeth and deal with this until we get back to this building to finally do things the way we want to do them again. But no, we see this time itself away from the building as an amazing opportunity for the gospel that God has given us in this opportunity. Think of it as like a, a, an 18-month mission trip to the mall, right? And what new things is God going to do? What's he going to do in us? What's he going to do through us? What's he going to do to us that only God could do if this happened in this particular way? So here we are, the fall of 2022, right? It's this little funny space, September, October, November, December, this four-month period, fall of 2022. It's like Imagine like standing in a field, you got a big old mountain behind you that's a pandemic, you got a big old mountain in front of you that's Regency Mall, right? And here we are in the middle, in this in-between space, this transition space between what is behind us and what is in front of us. What are we going to do right now in this little transition point that the Lord has given us? What should we do? Well, let's turn to our Bibles. Open your Bibles, if you got them, to Colossians. Uh, if I had time, I'd read the whole book of Colossians, but obviously I don't, so I won't. However, if you keep your Bibles open to Colossians, I'll be referring to different parts of the book, but I'm going to read to you from chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. Let me just give you a little context. We don't know a whole lot about the people of Colossae, but judging from the context of the letter, they too, like us, were at a transition point. They had been followers of Jesus for a while but it's clear they had hit some obstacles. Uh, we don't know exactly what they were, but it does seem like the church had come under the influence of, from some false teachers. And as a result, this was resulting in some unhealthy practices and habits and relationships and behaviors. It was clear that they were struggling with what they believed. Their habits had gotten sloppy. There were dealing with some general spiritual apathy. And so here they are in this place and their founding pastor Paul knows that there's gonna be big challenge and adventure ahead. And the mission was important as ever that this is a pivotal moment in the life of the church. So what does their pastor Paul do? He doesn't scold them. He doesn't reprimand them. He doesn't lecture them. Instead, what does he do? He reminds them who they are. He calls them back to their core identity as those who are in Christ, called through Christ. He calls them back to the center. So let's look at this text together. Colossians 1, 15 through 23. Hear God's word. The Son, Jesus Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers, or rulers, or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Christ is before all things, and in Christ all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Christ and through Christ to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood, which is shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. 
If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. People of God, this is the word of the Lord. One of the things that my family growing up teased me about was my very, very poor sense of direction. Um, I get lost, actually still do, very easily. My internal compass appears to be broken or, or missing. So when I turned 16 and got my driver's license, uh, this was a disaster. You know, I was constantly getting lost, and there were no such thing as cell phones at the time, so I never really knew where I was or how to reach anyone. So I developed a strategy. The one place I knew how to get to was my high school, which was in the very center of the city of Chattanooga, where I lived. So basically, that became my orientation point. Every time I had to go somewhere, every time I would get lost, I would go to the high school and then go to where I was going. So if I was at the mall and I had to go back home, I would first drive to my high school and then drive back home. If I was at home and needed to go to the dentist, I would first drive to my high school and then drive to the dentist. If I needed to go to the dentist and then the mall, I would drive to the dentist, back to high school, then to the mall, then to high school, then back home again. So this would often make for some very contrived and unusual routes, but it kept me from getting lost. I just kept on returning to the center, returning to the center, because once I was there, everything got a bit more clear. This is what Paul's doing, in a way. He's calling his people, return to the center. In your confusion, in your apathy, in your lack of clarity about the future, in some of your confused ideas, return to the center. Because once you're there, once you're at the center again, everything else is going to become a lot more clear. What does that mean? What does it mean for us, Third Church, to return to the center in this season that we're in right now, the season of transition? Well, let me just suggest a few things to you. First of all, I think it means that we return to our central identity. We return to our central identity. Everybody's talking about the royal family right now, right? Because Queen Elizabeth is dead, and Charles III is now king. All the monarchy watchers are going cuckoo, right? If you listen to Charles's first speech, anybody listen to King Charles's first speech? It was pretty okay. Um, so much of his speech, if you listen carefully, is about identity. It's about identity, right? He is saying, this is who Queen Elizabeth was. This is who I am now. This is who William and Catherine are now. These are the titles that have changed. This is the responsibilities that I and others now have. This is what the monarchy is all about. This is who I pledge to be. In moments of transition, getting clear on everybody's identity is super important. Kids, I don't know if you remember the movie Lion King. Did you ever see that great Disney classic, Lion King? This also a story about the monarchy, right? Simba... The son of Mustafa the king thinks that he is, acts, believes um, misguidedly that he is responsible for his father's death. And so he runs from his destiny as future king. And at some point in the movie, he's wandering in the wilderness and his father's image appears to Simba in the sky. Do you remember that? And then we hear the unmistakable voice of James Earl Jones saying, Simba. Remember who you are. Is that pretty good, huh? Remember who you are, Simba. Remember who you are. 
return, return to the central core of who you are, your identity. And Paul is doing this throughout his letters and certainly here in the book of Colossians. In the opening letter, he writes, to the holy and faithful brothers and sisters, the church of God at Colossae, right? Now, they may not feel very holy and faithful. They may not feel like a church. They might not feel like brothers and sisters. Yet Paul says, this is who you are. In verse 21 of the text I read, Paul reminds them of who they once were alienated from God and enemies in their minds. But he says, now you have been reconciled to God through Christ. So now you are God's beloved. You are sons and daughters, friends with the God of all. Remember this, return to it. So that's the first thing that we're gonna do together this fall, family, is we are going to remember and return to the central pillars of our identity. What does that mean? Well, it means, first of all, that we're gonna return again and again to our most core identity, and that is that we are beloved children of the loving God through Jesus Christ. That is who we are. That's a message that I try to preach to you every single week, and we're gonna keep on preaching that message. We wanna return to the core of our identity that we belong to Jesus Christ, and we are formed by his grace into the new community of his church, right? But in addition to that, for us at third, it also means remembering and returning to our vision that God has led us on the last five years, that we're called together for the renewal of all things through Jesus Christ. That means that this is who we are. We're First of all, we're called together. We're called to life with God and life with each other. That's one of our primary callings. And then we're also called to the renewal of all things, to join God in the work that he's doing in renewing people and places, cities, neighborhoods, and indeed the whole world. We remember this. This is who we are. We're calling, getting called back to it. This fall, we're also going to return to something that we don't talk about very much. Um, we have five values that define and animate the work that we do at Third. The, the reason we don't talk about these very much is because it's almost more like the quiet spiritual DNA that lies behind many of the work that we, much of the work that we do as a church. And yet these are important. And so what we're going to do is starting next week, we're going to focus on one of the church's five values each week and interview someone from our community that we believe embodies that value and is nurturing it in our church. So biblical faithfulness, gospel community, intentional discipleship, catalytic culture, missional orientation. So this is the first way we're returning to the center, dear church family. We are returning to our central identity. We're remembering who we are, all right? The second way we're returning to the center is returning to our central practices. Um, I serve on the board of the YMCA, and we're always talking about membership and attendance trends at the Y. I bet you can guess. In fact, let me ask you, what do you think is the month of the year where the YMCA experiences the highest level of new membership? January. January. Not a very difficult question. By the end of the year, right, after a long fall and cold is setting in and a holiday season where you've stuffed your face with turkey and cookies and eggnog, so many people are ready to get back into the habit of exercise again, restoring some basic practices of moving your body and getting fit, returning to healthy habits. You don't get healthy and strong by just hoping it happens, right? It requires a new set of habits, a new set of practices that lead you on the path of health. So, after this long two-year season of malaise and disruption, it's good to return to healthy practices as a church, healthy practices for body and mind and spirit. Because, y'all, look, 
I'm just saying this as a fact, not to shame anybody. I mean, this is true for me and my family too, that after the last two years, we're all just a bit spiritually and relationally flabby. Don't you think? I mean, it's because we're just out of practice. We're out of practice spiritually and even in our relationships with each other. It's not necessarily because you're lazy, although a couple of you have admitted that you really like going to church, laying on your couch in pajamas, drinking hot chocolate. That's cool. No judgment. Um, So it's not necessarily because we're lazy, but it's because the pandemic has made it really hard to keep up the basic habits of being the church together, right? So what do we do? We return to the spiritual gym. We return to the central habits of being the church. We get back to the fundamentals. And we need to do this not just because we're all just a little bit out of shape, but because we have a really big challenge ahead of us. We're about to launch into a really big adventure, and we need to be healthy and fit and spiritually ready to face the challenge ahead. This is what Paul is calling his friends in Colossae to do. In chapter 3, he calls them to put on your new self with its practices, all the new things that reflect this new identity. Things like bearing with each other, forgiving each other, meeting together. He says in chapter 3, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. He's calling them back to the basic habits, the fundamental practices of being the church, of worship and service and love. So here's what we're going to do. I'm actually pretty excited about this. Over the next month and a half, starting next week, we're going to do some spiritual exercising together. You can even come in your gym clothes. It'll be awesome. We're going to get back to the basic core practices of spiritual health, returning to our common habits of faith. So we have this um, discipleship triangle or vision or pathway here at church. It's just Three simple words, up, in, in, out. It's not magical. It's just how we understand a simple vision of spiritual health and discipleship. So you were made for three basic relationships to have a vibrant life with God, a vibrant life with fellow believers, and a vibrant life that is for the neighbor in the world. And that's the way we see Jesus living his life, and we want to pattern our life right after him, right? But this is a life that requires practice and habits, to orient your life away from the self and its destructive practices and towards God and fellow believers and a neighbor in need takes practice, right? It takes exercising to live a life that really matters. And so for what we're going to do starting next Sunday is we're going to spend a couple of weeks on each of these movements, up and in and out. So the first two weeks for up, our upward life with God, the first Sunday we're going to talk about be fully present with the church every Sunday. The second Sunday, we talk about up, we're going to talk about being fully present with Jesus every day. Second two weeks, we're going to talk about in, our inward life with each other, with the church. We're going to first talk about take every opportunity to gather with your group. And then the fourth week, we're going to talk about take every opportunity to give and to serve. And then finally, when we talk about the outward life, life for the world, we're first going to talk about love for your neighbor, which is your literal neighbor, whether you work beside them or live beside them? Or, and then finally, we're going to talk about your love for Richmond. How do we love our city? How do we love our world? So after a season of spiritual flabbiness, it's good to return to these central practices of our common life together. And through them, we learn how to grow, cultivate love for God, love for each other, love for the world, love for our neighbor. So first, we're going to return our central identity, who we are. Second, we're going to return to our central practices, 
how we live. And then finally, we're going to return to our central message. It's impossible to ignore the dominant thought of the book of Colossians and certainly this passage. Anybody want to venture a guess? What, that passage I just read to you, what was Paul's dominant thought? Sunday school answer. Jesus, thanks, Justin. Well done. Jesus Christ, right. Jesus Christ is at the very core. You could almost say Paul is absorbed, obsessed. His mind is centered around him. This is one of my favorite. Actually, Sarah and I had this passage read at our wedding. It's been uh, an animating, anchoring passage for us and for our life together. Just look what Paul says about Jesus Christ. Verse 15, he says, he is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the one who reveals the hidden and invisible God to us. Verse 16, in him all things were created. He is the one through whom God made the world. Verse 17, he is before all things. In him all things hold together. He holds everything in existence, even the expanding dark matter of the universe. He holds it all together in himself. Verse 18, he is the firstborn from among the dead. He is our hope for the future. He guarantees victory over death. Jesus is the prototype of our new resurrected humanity. Verse 20, through Christ, God reconciles all things to himself. He is the one through whom God will finally and ultimately restore creation and take this broken world and mend it again. He does that in and through Christ. So Paul's message is clear. Jesus Christ is at the center of everything. He's the center of the past and the present and the future. He's the center of history and the center of revelation, the center of all truth, the center of meaning. He's at the center of human life. He shows us who God is. He shows us who we are in every situation, in every search, in every scenario, Paul says, return to the center because the center is Christ. Are you confused, disoriented, not sure of where God is or who he is, not sure of who you are, anxious about the future? wondering about the meaning of life, lost, directionless, just trying to get some hope. Return to the center, Paul says, because the center in Christ, in him, you find everything that you would ever need, life, forgiveness, mercy, the relationship, reconciliation with God. Return to the center, because the center is Christ. So looking at our mission statement again, I just want you to know that those last three words, which maybe you have never even noticed before, or sometimes we leave out an accident, are actually the most important ones. Through Jesus Christ. Called together for the renewal of all things through Jesus Christ. Jesus modifies and defines and empowers everything else. He is the one through whom we are called. He is the one who holds us together. He is the one who is renewing creation. So let me just be clear on this. As we launch on this big adventure together, dear friends, the most important aspect of our life as a church is to keep Jesus Christ at the center. Our mission is not to make third church the awesomest church. I mean, at the very best, we'll always just be the third best church, right? Third church. Um, the point of all this is not to be the best church. The point of it all is not to make third awesome or the biggest church or the whatever. It's not, we can have a thousand wonderful plans. We can have the most amazing strategic vision. We can have buckets of money. We can have the best staff and the best leaders and the most awesome music and great programming. And we can be involved in every city on the 
nation on the planet and the coolest building, but if Christ is not at the center, if he is not the defining, directing, clarifying, anchoring center of what we do as a church, then our plans are foolishness and our life is simply empty religion, a meaningless, vacuous deception. What makes our church healthy is not our plans, not our purposes, but the one around whom we are centered. Return to the center, and the center is Christ. We are called through Christ. We are together in Christ. We are renewing all things through Christ. Everything is grounded and centered in him. Return to the center, dear friends, because the center is Christ. So how might you need to return to the center this fall in your own life? Do you feel far from God and not even sure if you can trust him anymore? Paul says, return to the center. Because in Christ, God's tenderness and kindness to you is revealed. Are you struggling with anxiety and fear from all the disruptions around us all the time? Return to the center. In Christ, you find God's protection and power, life and security itself, all the treasures of God hidden, given in Christ. Are you having trouble being motivated in your spiritual life? Everything in your life feels dusty and dry. Would you return to the center? Would you ask God through Jesus Christ and his spirit to reanimate your life as you experience the goodness of his grace for you in Christ again? Are you struggling to love the people in your life, in your family, in your neighbors, your church? Return to Christ, that Christ might deposit his passion, fiery love for the world as he reanimates it in you. Return to the center. The center is Christ. So here we are, brothers and sisters. Here we are in this flat open space, these four months of the fall of 2022. We're in this moment of in-between, this moment of transition, and mountains behind us, and mountains in front of us. What shall we do? Return to the center. Return to our central identity. Remember and reclaim who we are. Return to our central practices. Restore our core habits of our common life. And return to our central message, the one who holds us in all things together, Christ alone. So let's pray. Let's pray. Maybe you even want to vocalize your own prayer to God right now. Maybe you've been... Maybe the Spirit has brought to mind some way where you are sensing that God is calling you to return back to the center, to restore something that has been lost, to restore a, a practice or a habit that you know will lead you to life, or maybe just simply return to Jesus because it's been a long time since you've experienced His, gra his grace. In what way do you need to return to the center? Lord Jesus Christ, you have the supremacy. You are the firstborn of all creation. You hold all things together. You are the head of the body of the church. All the fullness of God dwells in you. You have reconciled all things through yourself to God. So often we feel lost and confused and disoriented, anxious and afraid. And yet there you are right at the center calling us back to you, 
to return to the center and to find our way in you again. Lead us to yourself in Jesus' name. Amen.